Welcome back to Rich Tech Podcast. Tonight, we have a special episode. Um, we're here at Sotheby's uh, for a special preview of the luxury edit. I'm joined by really two good friends of mine, um, Mr. Curtis McDowell, Olympic fencer, who's been on the show, no stranger, and our friend Richard Lopez, who's also been on the show, head of watches here at Sotheby's. Welcome, guys. Thank you so much. For I guess welcome to me. For joining you. No, thank, thank you for you having for being us. here, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we had you on the show before. It's it's been a while since we we've we've caught up. I know there's been some recent changes. You just came back from competing. How was that? It was good. It was good. Yeah. I just got back from Doha. Yeah. Good, good event. Amazing. And um, I also hear that you you recently opened up your own uh, fencing school. Yes, uh, it's called Cloak and Dagger. That's amazing. Wow. Where is this located? Uh, Westchester in uh, Dobbs Ferry. That's incredible. Congratulations. That's awesome. I know how much this means to you because of your start in, in the fencing world in New York City, and now you're able to get the youth involved. That's, that's awesome, man. Congratulations. Um, but I, I don't think the news will stop there, too. I know that you are, you got a lot going on. Uh, I'm trying. Yeah, yeah. So you are a recent uh, GPHG award um, nominated. Nominated. By the Academy. By the Academy. You're your Academy member. Yeah. Recently inducted. What's that feel like? I'm you know, still trying to process yeah. all of my stuff. So for 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 those who don't don't know, GPHG is the it's the Grand Prix Horology for Geneva. It's sort of like the Oscars of of the watch industry. How did this come about? What does it mean to you? Uh, you know, they they reached out to me and uh it means the world to feel uh, so accepted in a community. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what to say, honestly. Yeah. And for those that don't know, not only was he featured on Risk Check Pod, but we got into contact with one another because there was a, you, were, you were on Hodinkee. You had a Talking Watches episode with Jeff Forster. So you're, you're planted in the, in the community already and um, known amongst many as a, as a, a watch enthusiast. So... I'm glad you could join us tonight. Um, you know, Rich has the luxury edit coming up. You want to tell us a little bit about that real quick? So the luxury edit is happening at Sotheby's. It starts on the 22nd for watches, and then mm -hmm. on the 7th, it is a live sale. So we'll be full preview. There'll be jewelry, and there'll be handbags and some other categories as well. So please stop by if you're in town. That's amazing. And we have some, some of the watches that are going to be showcased. I think all of these are actually going to be showcased. We have some of these in front of us tonight. Um, talk about this group a little bit. There's some interesting pieces I know that I'm familiar with. A lot of talk behind uh, the recent AP code flywheel, but we have a millinery the, well, One of the originals was just... One really, of the originals. Which is in great shape. It's amazing. But in our sale, we have about 170 lots. Some great, great stuff. We have vintage, modern. We have a lot of no-reserve lots, which are amazing, great priced. And we have... Independence again. Yeah, it's, that's it's I think a, that's a big thing for you too, right? Yeah, yeah. we like we like to keep it. The Laurent Ferrier is amazing watch. The Laurent Ferrier with the enamel dial is just craftsmanship, Check that out. just quality. And this is a tourbillon. Yes. So you got to turn that which thing goes over. unnoticed. <laughs> so we always like to point it out in the back. What's going on with the crown here too? It's a little bit of an oversized K, uh, oversized crown, and it's got a sapphire on it. But I think it's just for ease to like wind it. Pink sapphire. Dipset, <laughs> even New York. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we and have longos. The longos. We always love to push I know the you're, you're a huge fan of longos. Huge, huge. So what do we, this I, This one I recognize. This is a, a big deal. The Grand Longa one with the black dial. Like I always say, longa, quality, value, it's all there. It's like, it goes unnoticed. It's undervalued. The datagraphs are always doing well. The lumens are amazing. But a longa one, it's like you should have one in your collection. Like everybody has a Rolex, an Omega, a longa. Now I know, you know, Given your background in the sport fencing, you're actually someone who you wear watches when you compete. I think you're wearing a G-Shock right now. Yeah, this one I, I wear the most. We should people. actually do a wrist check, too. So you got the G-Shock on. What, yep. do, you, what do you got on tonight, Rich? The Ming. Woo! Talk about it. Strap. I That's love fun. this watch. I got this actually from Zoe Abelson last year when we were doing Oh, the, Zoe, nice. Yeah, we were doing the Concourse Elegance, and I'd been chasing this for a while, and we were just talking, and I said, like, what are you hunting for? Like, so we're just talking watches as before it starts. And they said, I really want a Ming. And she goes, like, I have one. And I'm like, you're kidding? I was like, okay, can I, can I buy it? <laughs> and I thought she was kidding. And then yeah. she just happened and produced it, like, a few weeks later. And it was amazing. I love my Ming. I like, what color is that? It, it's more of a burgundy, and I have it on a brown NATO strap because I... Very Pinot Noir. Yes, that's how I like it. Yeah. I, you guys it's know a Janet it. line. Yeah. yeah. You guys know that I usually I'm wear right. my Elegante on the orange strap. Like I'm, I'm switching it up now. Like the Ming, the Independence. It's, it's super sporty. Yeah, I, I like that. it. I like and on the NATO strap, I think it's just a much cooler, better look. Um, I'm wearing vintage Rolex. Yeah. Just keeping it classic, yeah. you know. Um, but going back to you wearing watches to compete in, um, I'm curious. What, what, what amongst here really grabs your eye in terms of, like, get you in the mood and ready to compete? Because I think I have an idea, too. I see you looking at the Richard Millie. <laughs> well, it's the sport. That's, that's, that's more of a, you know, the, the well, Which one are we going with? This, this one I know is the, this is the Bubba Watson. Yeah, RM55, and then it's a limited edition. But there's also the Felipe Massa, which is RM5. I see. I can feel the energy with the this The titanium one. case. You know, while, while you're playing your sport, it's going to be much easier to wear. It's just an amazing watch. And it's, nice it's and my favorite color, an orange strap. <laughs> you know, I wasn't typically like an RM guy, but you don't really come by many of them in the wild, no. uh, as, as you would think. At least I don't. I like the originals because they're a smaller case. Yeah. They wear much better. Like, you could actually do things as a utility watch versus the, the newer ones are great, but they're more to be seen. Is a fire. It's comfortable as well. We got a really diverse selection right here at this first table. We do. We do, but the, the best watch here by far is the Serpico Lionel 2526. And that's this piece right yeah, here. Yeah, that's the piece. That's the one. So talk a little about chasing. this too. So it's a Calatrava. It's a vintage Calatrava. It's pink dial, first generation dial, enamel. Enamel dials are extremely hard to make. Yeah. When they're producing them, there could be hairline cracks, imperfections. If you loop this one, it's perfect. It's, That's awesome. It's, it's perfect, perfect, and it's double signed. So yeah, so this, it's, so it's double signed on the dial. Turn that around real quick. So it's signed at the subdials, right, right there, Serpico and Lionel, which is from Caracas. It's one of the bigger brands that, at that period that was able to do the same things like Tiffany & Co., where you could actually put your name on there. They were strong enough as, as a retailer to ask Paddock to do this, but they went one step further, and they also put SNL, which their initials on the case backs. It's crazy. Which is similar to what Cartier did back in the day by putting their serial numbers on yeah. their lugs. There's so something there's, else going on here, too, with the... I've never seen this the, before on the crown. So the original crown, it's the inverted piece, P and P on the background. Check that out. Oh. That's crazy. 
No, the quality here is like, th this is the watch. In all the sale, like we have a lot of modern paddocks, but this is the one that should catch your eye. Where can they find more information about, about Luxury Edit? So you can go to Sotheby's.com at the Luxury Edit right now. Uh, the sale is up for preview right now. It launches for bidding on the 22nd. Amazing. Awesome. And there'll be a live sale. So please, please, if you're in town, the sale's on the 7th. It starts at noon, and then there'll be a lot of room here for, for our friends to come and join us. You heard it here first. On to uh, our friends at the next table, Ben and Janet. All right, guys, welcome to the second table here at Sotheby's. Perry gave us a very seamless transition. What he didn't know was that I was throwing John John in the mix. Uh-oh. So, first time I found out about it, too, so here <laughs> I am. So to introduce ourselves, I'm Ben. I'm Janet. I'm John John. And we're going to go on with a wrist check before we talk about anything else. So I'm wearing the John John Special. What is the John John Special? 5980R. All right. Tiffany stamp. Extra right. sauce. Okay. Second Tiffany stamp attack I'm wearing today. Wow. How's that for flex? Fancy. Flex, I like it. What are you wearing, Janet? I'm wearing my 80s automatic AP and a 29. Love this thing. Okay. I got Ben's uh, green OP 41. Uh, I have one myself, but he happened to take it off, that off my wrist, so I put this on my wrist. But uh, Mine looks better on you, though. I think so. I can beat it up. Even trade? No. Sure. <laughs> you ready? No, no, no. I can no, keep no. it? Not okay. Tonight. Just for the So anyway, we're at a table now that has a lot of modern Pateks, and Janet put most of it together. These are big modern juggernauts, all from one brand. Absolutely love them. I know you're a paddock collector. What's your thing on this table? Uh, I, I have a thing for gem set. Uh, I don't have any gem sets in my life yet, but hopefully someday I will. But, There's two on the table. Uh, the, the 5271P, uh, this one sticks out to me. The red straps kind of exciting. They put it on there for me. Super fun. Um, Customized for the client who owned the watch. If you don't actually. know Ben, Ben loves red, especially red straps. Um, Did Mr. Wonderful bring it in? Maybe. Can you share that? Yeah, I don't know. Sorry? Can you Mr. Share? Mr. Yeah. Wonderful brought that in? Oh, I absolutely cannot. <laughs> okay. But he obviously had fantastic taste. Um, Your favorite watch is this one, though, isn't it? You kept talking about it the whole time you've been here. Yes, this one is uh, pretty sexy. Um, it's very subtle, the blue dial, but with the with diamond markers. Um, it definitely sticks out. It's, yeah, so under, this, it's very understated. This watch here in the camera, this thing, the dial is this crazy rich sunburst so you can't even tell that the indexes are baguettes mm -hmm. until it's really on your wrist and it catches light. So if you're someone who wants to be un, like, under the radar, low profile. but If you know, you know. Right. If you know, you know, and you want to flex a little bit, this is the thing on this table that will probably do that for you. John John and I were also talking about how undervalued it was. Correct. I'm not sure what the retail price was, but our auction estimate for our March 7th sale is fifty to 80000 So definitely have a peek if you're in the market. And tell us a little bit about the 5070P here. 5070P is the rarest of the 5070 models mm -hmm. and the biggest Why is that? dress case. You know more about this than no, I do, John, I, I, John. No, I, I you don't. You love this watch. <laughs> I do love that watch. It's, it's, it's pretty big for Patek uh, to have a... Um, it's their biggest dress watch, right? Yeah. 42 millimeter. It's, it's bigger than your John John Special. It is. It is, it is yeah. bigger than John John Special. Manual wind. Yep. Manual winding, um, chronograph. First thing I would do is take this brown strap off of here, but that's how it came. So. 
Is there a red one on? Uh, not red. Maybe green. Hot pink. Yeah. Or pink. Yeah. So my favorite thing on the table, which I think we all know what it is, 5650G. Advanced Research. So in 2005, Patek launched the Advanced Research Program, and it was basically to flex all their watchmaking muscles. So most of them don't look as cool as this does. It's really minor aesthetic changes. The real big changes are going to be in the movement. So this is the first one to have a Spiromax hairspring, which sounds a little crazy for a name, but it's basically silicone and steel mixed together to really improve the accuracy. And it's the only Patek sports watch to have an open work dial. So it's something that's really yep. cool. It's also Beautiful. the only Aquanaut that ever got the advanced research treatment. I think it's the only sports watch with advanced research. No? Yeah, Correct. yeah, absolutely. I think the others were annual calendars. Right. There's mm -hmm. an annual calendar. There's a minute repeater now, which mm -hmm. is the latest of the advanced research. Yeah. They made 10 of them, I think. I think so. 10 or 15. So this thing is super special. It's only the second one I've seen ever. Oh, ever. here at Sotheby's. Right. There you go. Who else is on the table? Jay? And then somebody, like? somebody off camera was begging us to talk about this. So we'll talk about this. <laughs> uh, this is a 5740, uh, the first perpetual Nautilus. Beautiful watch. Um, I'm not a fan of it. I mean, why not? I just, I what? think I, I like it. I just not my first. I just would not get a perpetual on, on a on a sports model. That's just me. At all? Uh, I would, but it's just I'm just being honest. It's just not. But not you'll buy gold me. though of on course. a sport model. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, wow. With I, I decided to stir up something. Where through was Rose going? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I'm getting called out now. Yeah. People are laughing around the room, which is exciting. <laughs> this is good. Got to stir it up. I think the configuration on this Perpetual is excellent. It's very well balanced. It's probably the most legible. It's very legible for, and has the entire DNA of the Nautilus mm -hmm. maintained. So I think it's a great example. I think it's the most complicated Nautilus model also, right? Mm -hmm. so, yep. Yeah. So waiting for the Torbion to come out. And it's, uh, the previous owner definitely wore this watch, which is always good to he see. He did, it's, very um, loved. It's, you uh, mentioned double equity earlier. Double equity, wear it, love it, sell it, make some money. Right. Excellent. Yep. Tell us about your favorite watch, 3970 EP. I like this watch. I don't think it's my favorite watch on the table today, but this 3970 was introduced in the, in the late 80s and has had like a wonderful, long, rich run. But this is the iconic... Patek Philippe shape, right? So mm -hmm. you have the classic dress watch. It looks like a $24.99, which is the holy grail. This one is incredibly rare in a platinum case with a black dial, perpetual calendar, moon phases, chronograph, and is perfect. So what's the E in front of the P mean? So P means platinum. Yes, e. e is a Bosch, which don't check my French, but it means that it's waterproof case. We need Rashawn to check you on that pronunciation. <laughs> Rashawn. Yeah, can I have a pr pronunciation check? But this is a waterproof screw-down case, um, which is what the E stands for. And this watch from the collector is complete with a full suite of accessories. So it has its additional case back. It has the pusher. What else does Patek come with? All of its pusher, papers. Pusher, yeah, paperwork. It has a leather booklet. Love does a box of this have a winder built in? This is a winding box as well, yeah. so it was definitely one of the highest caliber purchases you could make with, with Paddock at the time. And this one dates to 2004, if you've got any pretty recent. birth watches. So I think that about wraps it up for this table. Personally, my favorite table of the bunch. And I think next up is Rashawn, so we'll hand it over to him.
What's up, guys? Rashawn here with Curtis again. We're going to do a little game here. Um, before we get started, I'm going to share what I got on the wrist. I am wearing my Rolex Cellini. Um, I am repeating the watch uh, for the guys that do know, the guys and girls that do know, um, I am the man that doesn't repeat a watch. But I'm repeating the watch. This is a very, very special watch. Um, this is one of the timepieces that um, kind of brought my love affair to Rolex uh, timepieces. Um, so funny enough, we have a few modern pieces and we have some Rolex, we have some AP. Um, so the game we're gonna do tonight, um, we're gonna do a, a bit of the prices right. So on the table is estimated about 400,000. You have a budget of about 200,000. So we need you to pick a piece or pieces that you would take home. Okay. All right. Um, I would start with this, uh, this vintage AP here um, because I, I just love vintage. I yeah, love the please. size here. Let's take this out. There you go. Yeah, I love the, um, the, the markers here, the diamond markers. Okay. And I think the size is just perfect. So that'd be the first thing I pick up. It's funny that you picked this one, too, because um, we've been talking about gem set pieces and the popularity, whether um, it's an acquired taste or not. So I actually like that you chose this timepiece. Um, this is a really good choice, um, especially the fact that you chose a vintage piece because we do have some modern on the table as well. Um, really good choice. Uh, so we're down to uh, you chose about $12,000. Um, you got a couple more dollars to go. So I think uh, <laughs> I'll take a huge debt on my, my budget here and uh, grab this next AP. Um, this one is just a classic. It goes at everything, you know. Um, a little bit bigger than um, the, the vintage model. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, it's still beautiful. I love it. Okay. Yeah. So it seems like you're, you're gravitating towards AP. Yeah, man. I mean, the, the shape. You know, it's just plastic. It, it's so recognizable. And um, I, I, I can't get enough of that shape. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it makes sense because you got on the uh, Cassiope. Yeah, you feel me. Um, was there anything specific about AP that really grabs your attention for you to go ahead and choose um, going vintage and then modern-esque? So for me, it was just vintage first. So that, you know, I don't, I don't see a, a vintage Rolex on the table. Maybe I would gravitate towards a, a vintage Rolex. So mm -hmm. I just, yeah, I had to go for the first vintage piece I saw, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, then when I started looking at the moderns, uh, this was just the, the first thing I got, got my eye. Yeah, it's got a nice weight, really good hand. Um, so really good choices. So you're about halfway through the budget, roughly about yeah. 100, 100 and some more, 1,000. Uh, so we got 100 more to go. Uh, what, what are you leaning towards? And now I'd probably go to the Rolex. Okay. And I'll, I'll grab this, uh, this, this Platinum Daytona, which is incredibly heavy. And I, I love the, uh, the blue face here, this blue dial. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's so heavy. It's coming right out of this. Uh, <laughs> out of the cuff. Yeah. You know, what's so funny, too, is like the distinctiveness of Platinum pieces and how they have the ice blue dial. It's just something about Platinum um, very under the radar, but when you put it on, it's just like very powerful. Oh yeah, 
Oh, yeah. Um, funny enough, you've exceeded the budget because this is uh, estimated about $120,000. But I mean, hey, it's risk check. We can bend a little bit. <laughs> so we're going to move on to the next table. Um, and that's it. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us tonight for the Risk Check Pods preview of Sotheby's Luxury Edit. Uh, we were at the final table, and for this segment, uh, the guys have each chosen uh, their favorite watch of the evening. So we're going to go over that and, uh, and share a little bit about why. Um, I'm obviously going to start with the, the man who never repeats a watch, my brother right here. Mr. Rashawn Smith, yes. uh, third member of Rich Check Pod. What do you got on the wrist? What'd you choose? Um, so I decided to choose the Solid Gold Onyx Dow Datejust. Oh, the Aziz oh. Ansari. Yes. A Rolex. <laughs> right. yes. A, Rolex. A, Rolex. <laughs> A Rolex, of course. As Tyler would say, one of 50. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> one of 50. If I could collect 50 Rolexes, sure. this would be in the, uh, the assortment. What, what was it about this piece that did it for you? Funny enough, um, me and Curtis were talking off camera, and we were talking about just the simplicity of the timepiece. Um, yeah. The idea that um, on this dial, time isn't, doesn't matter. Yeah, you want your time. <laughs> whether, you, whether you can yeah. tell the time or you can't. Um, That's a watch of Stevie Wonder. Yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we had a Stevie Wonder moment. Yes, but I mean, if you you know, if if you look down at this watch, the first thing you're looking at is definitely not uh, the time. Um, it's the stunning dial. It's this beautiful case, um, solid gold. I mean, it's mesmerizing. You, yeah, I think you know what I love uh, about this piece, and uh, this is the piece that. You see around, at least on the internet, social media, mm -hmm. um, you actually very rarely see this piece in, in, in person. Yes. Um, but what's nice about it is it is, it is, it can be difficult to tell the time on this piece. Mm -hmm. And so to that extent, it makes you look a little bit longer. Yes. And so in a way, you get to uh, really appreciate this piece. Yes. And... Um, I don't know. It's it's. I I think I understand what it is that you love about it. I joke around. I call the Aziz and sorry because the the comedian actually purchased three of these watches, one for himself and two for his parents. Yes. Um. And so I think we can unofficially uh, call it that. But um. I I get it. I'm with you. Yeah. Sure. Yes. I mean, well, the cheat code to be able to tell the time on the watch might uh -oh. be uh, you know, setting it at uh twelve. Well, you start there. <laughs> sure. Start there. <laughs> yes. That, that would well, be funny enough, way. with, 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 with wristwatches that don't have indices on it, yeah. um, it's funny how accustomed you get to, to telling time on it after wearing it for a while. Yes. You know, um, so much of wearing a wristwatch today is estimating the time. You'd be surprised how accurate you get yes. with a piece like that. So, but imagine how often you're wrong, though. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> You're like, ah. Um, it it, it <laughs> looks like it's three o'clock. <laughs> uh, I'll go next. I chose the Audemars Piguet uh, Eves Klein uh, wristwatch. Um, this piece uh, happens to commemorate the Olympics in Japan wow. for 1998. That's convenient, considering it was next to you. 
Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but there's something about the dial. Um, it it really just draws you in. You know, you've got this. Um, you've got a a, a, a pointer date um, arrow on it. Um, perpetual calendar. Uh, seconds hand at six o'clock. Um, kind of got all the bells and whistles. There's something about it too, especially the bracelet. It's it is an AP Royal Oak bracelet, but everything's just a little more curved, yeah, a little yes. more That's round. The, the benefits of that offshore case, exactly. And um, it, it it feels nice, man. I don't know. This is this is the piece that I saw tonight uh, for Luxury Edit that I was like, man, it just kept drawing me back to mm-hmm. it. So I decided I was going to wear this on the wrist for this last segment. Uh, Curtis, what did you decide to go with? He flexing. Super flex. Tell him why you're an Olympian. <laughs> yes, I went with this uh, Vacheron, uh, you know, full diamond uh, traditional here, it's 36 millimeters, and I think that's the perfect size for my wrist. And, yeah, I mean, this was a killer. I mean, I would, I would wear this with, uh, you know, while you're competing. This is when you ex- <laughs> this is when you're at the podium accepting the gold medal. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, you have to leave it on for the whole night. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There you go. Yeah. Thanks. That might be a good tool to have while you compete, though. Blind somebody. Yeah, yeah, I might be able to blind someone, you know? Just hit them like this. And... That's good. And they're done. <laughs> <they're dead>. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the baguettes on this are like crazy. They're excellent. Well, there's even friend. bigger baguettes at 36912. So you can see the diamonds in the diamonds. Yeah. I mean, it's a bust down Vacheron and it's all factory. Fact. That's oh. incredible. It's beautiful. Uh, ben, you're, you're, you're doing something. I'm doing something a little different. A little different. <laughs> so, I did Very pick good. a Rolex. Okay. I picked a Rolex, but it's not what you would think when you hear the word Rolex. Coming from a man who doesn't often choose yes. Rolex, mind yeah. you. So, it's a white gold pocket watch. I've never seen anything like this from Rolex. Before. The case shape is crazy. It's insane. Which is really insane. what drew me to it. The other thing, too, is speaking of diamonds, it has diamond indices. So, it has a smaller dial at 12 o'clock with just hours and minutes and then a smaller sub dial again all white gold with just seconds very unexpected for rolex yes it has a crown on 12 o'clock like a normal pocket watch would however it doesn't have a button or anything to open it up in the back because the case and chain are integrated so it's essentially all one piece and what makes this even cooler is that the clip that's on it to actually put it in your pocket it's elongated so it doubles as a money clip and it's made by rolex it's of course (laughs) it's signed rolex so Rolex case and movement, Rolex chain, Rolex clip, which That's awesome. is pretty unusual. The beauty about, you know, the relationship that we have with our friends here in the watch department at Sotheby's is that you see so many amazing pieces and you kind of want them all. You gravitate to something special, but there is the, the you know, every time we're hanging out with our people here, big shout out to Richard Lopez and and Janet and, mm. and, and, and Christina, but uh, and Clem, you, you and yes, sir, <laughs> and uh, but you come across something that you've never seen before. Yeah, and the cool thing about this is that you can't say a pocket watch is dead; just where it has a chain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is insane. This is the I, modern I, I, interpretation of a pocket watch. This is watch. insane. Yeah. I call that the uh, the, triple, the triple flex. Okay, it's a super flex. <laughs> it's a super flex. It's a super flex. It's a super flex. Yes. Um. So this is this is the preview for for luxury edit. Um, 
If you check down below, wherever you're viewing or listening to this, uh, you'll be able to hit the link and visit the site. Uh, but the auction goes live. What date again, Rich? 22nd. 22nd. So the 22nd? The 22nd for bidding and the actual daily live auction. March 7th is the day of the live auction, and uh, you'll see us there as well. So thank you for tuning in. And uh, we'll see you next week with another episode of Rich Check Pop. I can't believe we're friends with an Olympian. <laughs> <laughs>